on May 23rd. I want to go back to normal. What's normal? The Paramount Plus original series, Evil Returns. We've already hunted werewolves and demons. And now what? A baby antichrist? Okie dokie. Prepare yourself. You will not beat us. For the end. I have visions of hell. Make it stop. Make it shut up. You're not gonna survive this. Evil. The final season. Streaming May 23rd. Only on Paramount+. Plus. What if I told you imaginary friends are real? This is just so exciting. This Friday, get ready for the movie event with the greatest cast you've ever imagined. Showtime. Ryan Reynolds, John Krasinski, Kaylee Fleming, Fiona Shaw, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Louis Gossett Jr., Matt Damon, Emily Blunt, George Clooney, Maya Rudolph, Bradley Cooper, Sebastian Maniscalco, John Stewart, Sam Rockwell, Aquafina, Keegan-Michael Key, and Steve Carell. I need to throw up or I need a snack. It's one of the two. Gross. If. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Written and directed by John Krasinski. Welcome in, everybody, to the flagship podcast interview. I am Chip Brown of Horns247.com. Really excited to be joined uh, by Moro Ojimo, defensive tackle, defensive lineman extraordinaire for the Texas Longhorns, the highest-rated defensive player on the turnaround story of the Longhorns for 2022, this Texas defense. Moro, man, thanks for... uh, for taking some time yeah uh thanks for having me chip and um thank longhorn nation for just being a great fan base and i don't know couldn't play for a better university well i mean there's a lot to get into first of all when i say you're the highest rated uh defensive player on the entire longhorn defense according to pro football focus what you know how much pride do you take in that especially, you know, considering the turnaround of this Texas defense this season? Um, I mean, it's not just me at the end of the day. You know, I think you see that with what better defense players are elevated. And um, i got to give all the credit to God, my teammates, my family, you know, just all the support that has helped me achieve that ranking right um if i didn't have a defensive end to help me make the play or the cornerback to cover the receiver a little bit longer um it's ultimately the people around me and i'm just thankful for them so let's uh let's go back to the beginning Mm -hmm. um because when you arrived at texas in 2018 how old were you when you arrived on campus i was 16. 16 yeah like just turned 16 no i was about to i was turning 17 after summer workouts i was 16 from was that from may to i guess august 15. okay 16 Mm -hmm. years old uh barely driving yeah and you're you know this super smart guy finance major at texas what was that like arriving at at Texas at the age of 16? Because, I mean, you're a big guy, so it's not yeah. like you're some, you know, little <laughs> guy who hadn't gone through puberty or something. But what yeah. was that like? Um, it was just a cool experience. Um, I got to give it out to, I mean, at the end of the day, the university, um, I had all the resources I needed. Um, it didn't feel like I was on an island, 
you know, family was still close by, um, my teammates, uh, all those guys in that recruiting class, you know, I got to spend a lot of time together. And um, I don't know, I always tell people that I feel like I was in the same age as everyone else. I just started school a little bit earlier. So I think I had some cool experiences and it was fun. Yeah, and you played as a freshman uh, in three games. You redshirted that season, but you played in the Sugar Bowl against Georgia, that that Sugar Bowl victory. So what was that experience like, and how was that for setting the table for your first year at Texas? I mean, it was amazing. Uh, raised the bar really high. Um, Georgia was a great team that year. We had an opportunity to go versus them, and um, it was just it was fun. Um, I still remember walking out of the tunnel in the Saints Mercedes-Benz Stadium, and um, there's nothing like it. It was so cool. Probably definitely up there with the DKR and Cotton Bowl in terms of just atmosphere of walkouts and stuff. It was really cool. Yeah, I mean, you you y'all win that. What was that celebration like? It was insane. Um, I think it was just surreal. I remember, I think guys stayed up till like 5, 6 a.m. because Bourbon Street doesn't close. Um, and I just remember being in my hotel room and at like 5 a.m., like guys just going crazy in the hallway, you know. Um, it was euphoric. There was nothing like that uh, experience. Yeah, and, and, it, and like life, mm-hmm. uh, things, you know, are are difficult. There's ups, there's downs, um, you know, 2019, 2020s, the pandemic, mm-hmm. uh, y'all are seven and three that season, but you come up just short of the, of the big 12 title and then a coaching yeah. change mm-hmm. and in comes Steve Sarkeesian and, you know, Pete Kwiatkowski and Bo Davis. Yeah. And it doesn't go as planned. Mm-hmm. Um, what was, you know, what did you learn in that five and seven season that enabled you all uh, to ultimately turn this thing around in 2022? I think there was a key there in that season that um, I think life goes in seasons coincidentally. And I think that um, every season has an ending date. You know, Um, I think that it was very vital for us to understand what that felt like so that we wouldn't go back towards that. Right. And then I think it was also very vital for us to stay as a team and kind of just learn from our mistakes of that season. So that when maybe faced with the same problems of trying to finish games, we've been here before, we know what not to do. So let's not do that and let's go out there and let's win the game. And you know, as that season is playing out, the defense is not having a, a good year, mm-hmm. giving up 200 yards per game on the ground, over five yards per carry. That's got to be frustrating for a guy who's, you know, freshman year, you're in the Sugar Bowl and, and things yeah. are, are going well. Mm-hmm. What were the conversations like? Because this defensive line, it, it's a veteran group this year. Mm-hmm. You, Keandre Coburn, Tavondre Sweat, um, you know, Vernon Broughton, uh, heck, even Byron Murphy's a second year guy now, so he's kind of a, a veteran. But what were those conversations like in the off season and through the summer and into fall camp and 
what happened in terms of bonding either player to player or player to coach that it started to come together? Yeah, um, I think first of all, um, we realized we didn't play good football last year. And I think we realized that there were specific things that could attribute to that. Um, I think that as a defense, we took a little bit of inspiration from the Georgia team of last year and just seeing how defensively they improved so much and how that resulted in, I mean, a lot of them having successful futures and, you know, getting drafted and doing the things that they want to do with their lives. So I think that was one aspect. I think that another aspect was us maybe just trying to bond a little bit more, you know, get closer as a defense so that, I mean, defense, I mean, we had a banquet today and, uh, Coach K said something. He was like, for good defense to be played, it has to be team defense, right? Everyone has to do their individual job. All 11 players have to do their individual job. So we kind of had to build this trust atmosphere in our defense, you know, to where um, if I'm rushing the passer and I'm about to get to the quarterback, the quarterback throws it back at the DB that they're going to cover that pass. Right. Or say that they the DB is trusting us to stop the run so that it doesn't get to the second level. They have to make an unnecessary tackle. So uh, I think there was just a lot of that that was involved. I also think just a, another year in the defense, um, understanding the coach's terminology. Um, there's there's nothing like it. There you, you begin to understand the defense completely different. Right. It's not a new introduction. It's a reintroduction. So now you're diving deep into their defense or understanding exactly what um, Coach K wants. So I think those things really helped. Was there some philosophical change to, um, you know, once you all came together and the coaches felt like there was that bond, that trust, did they turn the defensive linemen, you know, did they give them, you know, more license to penetrate and get up field this season than last season. You tell me. I just say that, I mean, props to coach Davis. I think that he coaches players to be football players and not robots. And while you play in a system, while you have instructions at the end of the day, players are players, coaches are coaches. Right. So it's like, go out there and play and we can fix it. Right. Um, go as hard as you can, be as explosive and as aggressive as aggressive as you can, and we'll fix it if it's wrong, you know. So I think that was that, and then just maybe understanding the game more. Um, there's so many things that even me and Keith Coburn, as being fifth-year guys, we're learning for the first time this year, you know, like backfield sets or light hands, heavier hands, whether it's a double team, a pulling guard, all these things that you know, slowed down the game and just opened the game up so much more. Yeah, I mean, it was a night and day difference um, from the beginning to the end. I mean, the the defense was the story of this team in terms of y'all shut down the run. Um, you know, there, there was just this nonstop, uh, consistent ability to to – you know, stop the run and, and make teams uh, have to throw the football. And how much of that was individuals 
you know, buying in and like for you example, what did you work on specifically uh, in the off season going into this season to improve yourself as a football player and how much of that work paid off? Um, I, I think all of it did. Um, I think Sark says something about excellence being exhausting and he also talks about rather than using the word sacrifices, using the word investments, right? So um, me specifically, I knew that going into the season, I was going to have to work on some quickness and I was also going to have to work on not thinking as much, right? Just playing a play as opposed to thinking of the five different things that can go on. And um, I heard a speech the other day about knowing your strengths and your weaknesses, right? And basically surrounding your pe- yourself with people that will help you with those weaknesses. And I think Coach Davis was extremely pivotal in kind of just getting me to think less and react, right? Okay, if I see the offensive line body language a certain way, I'm going to I'm going to react, right? I'm just going to trust that instinct as opposed to second guessing myself or thinking about different things. So those are like huge things for me. And the the quickness aspect, um, Coach Beckton helped out a lot. And I think another thing was just like having like a cognitive mindset of having an importance in every play, you know, thinking like, okay, like I can be quick in this play or like knowing certain plays that I could, show that ability as opposed to maybe just ignoring it. But when I was like very aware of it, I was able to put it on tape. You all, excuse me. There was a lot of talk about the team building um, Mm -hmm. in the off season and the year prior going into the 2021 season, you all were kind of all over the place. The South end was being redone. Mm -hmm. Y'all were in the visitors locker room in the North end. And Sark said he blamed himself for not doing more to to bring the team together. It sounded like there was a big emphasis, the team building Wednesdays. You you tell us how much of that team building uh, paid off this season, and what specifically uh, in that team building of you know the exercises do you feel like was the most effective? Um, I think it paid off a lot. I think that when you spend time focusing on culture, um, the has exponential results in a sense. Uh, when I think of really any great organization or any great team, you know, they always they don't talk about necessarily the skills or the abilities. They talk about how it felt to be there, how it feels to be around there. That they're happy. There's just unity and there are things of that nature. And um, I mean, I was glad that we were able to do that this year. One thing that I know for a fact is when you know your teammates more, you're willing to play for them in the whole we, not me thing. And um, those Wednesdays provided an opportunity for us to know our teammates better. I believe the first Wednesday we talked about just a little bit about our story. And I was just good to know someone has sisters or whether where you're from and certain events have impacted you, motivated you, or inspired you to be the player you are today. Yeah, I mean, that stuff um, is uh, Dick Tomey, who who came here in 2004, did a lot of that kind of team building. I thought it paid off huge for the 2005 National Championship team, even for the 04 team that won the Rose Bowl over Michigan. Um, 
it, it seems like the coaches, um, you know, there were questions about are, are these coaches the right fit? Clearly, the defensive coaches uh, appear to be the right fit because you all played such great defense. I mean, you go from giving up 31 points per game to, you know, right at 20. And, you know, you're shutting down the, the highest powered offenses. You're holding Alabama, um, you know, below their average. You're holding TCU and Kansas way below their averages, uh, you know, game after game. And Baylor, you all, you know, put it together, even though you were on the field the whole first half, it, it seemed. The, you know, what was it like coming into to the sideline and, and, you know, what was it maybe, and I'm not trying to have you put the 2021 20, team in a, in a bad light, but how was it different coming to the sideline, you know, in these games where, you know, some leads were given up and, you know, it, it, you all just kept hammering away. Um, I just think we, we trusted each other. You know, those, those cultural Wednesdays, um, we do stuff for the culture just all around the year. And I think the trust to just keep fighting and trust our offense, trust our defense, trust our training. I think we had belief in it. Um, and some of those things take time. And I think that just the time period of 2021 and 2022, we just had more time to believe in our training, believe in the calls, believe in the playbook. We understood it more. We knew our teammates more, and I think that just helped. What are you most proud of with regard to the – and we'll get into the, the bowl game. You're going to play Washington in the Alamo Bowl. Um, but what are you most proud of about this season so far? Um, so far, I mean, I think I'm just – I'm proud of this defense in, in a sense of we went out and we tried to win games rather than relying on people. And I mean, offense won games as well, but, you know, we took accountability and I think everyone took accountability and we were like, okay, like they're driving the ball down. We need to make a stop. You know, for example, I mean, Iowa State won the first fumble. I think it was just really cool for us to believe in each other and not just hang our heads down as they're driving, but like we can do it at no point did we lose any belief in my opinion. Yeah. You had a huge sack in that Iowa state game. Uh, we'll take a quick break with Moro Ojimo, uh, fifth year defensive lineman, university of Texas, the highest rated defensive player for the Longhorns in the 2022 season, according to pro football focus. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We left off, Moro, with you, uh, with that sack that you had in the third quarter against Iowa State. It was huge. Uh, it was second and nine from the Texas 26. It was an eight-yard sack, brought up third and 17. You all held. They attempted a 46-yard field goal and missed it. Um, do you, you know, what do you remember about that play? Um, I kind of just, honestly, it was a very interesting play. I think that I just used my length on that offensive tackle. And next thing I know, I was next to the quarterback. And uh, it was just a cool it was a cool environment, I think, that I was just playing. You know, one of the things I wanted to work on was less thought, more playing, just be a football player. And I just reacted and was aggressive, and it was a great play. So when you came into the season and you had that, you know, less thinking, just play, you probably tasted success early, mm-hmm. whether it was Louisiana Monroe or Alabama. And then you just kept trusting it. Yeah. Um, and just trusting the D lineman. I think that, I don't know, we, we have a great room. We have a great leader in coach Davis. And um, it was just, you know, I trusted our training, trusted our D lineman, trusted what was working. And um, if, it's not broke. Don't fix it. So. Well, you, uh, you have, you, you know, you mentioned that D line room mm-hmm. and you, Keandre Coburn, um, you both came in, in, in 2018, uh, to sweat, another veteran, you all, um, have a COVID season still, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, technically. Mm-hmm. So what, uh, what do you think in there? I mean, um, I know you're, uh, you know, a smart guy majoring mm-hmm. in finance. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll ask you about that in a second, but what are your thoughts on the, on the COVID year? Um, I think one, it's cool that the NCAA chose to do that. Um, COVID was a challenging year for so many different op- reasons. Uh, it just wasn't the same as a normal uh, football year. You know, there weren't fans out there. Uh, season training couldn't have been the exact same. You weren't as a team to get a ton- chance to build as much as you could have as a team. Um, but I mean, me personally, just weighing my options and seeing what the next best, best step is and, you know, being thoughtful about it and not being emotional and ultimately making the right decision. Will you talk to guys like Keandre and, and Tavandre who also, um, well, I think Sweat's coming back, best, best I can tell. But do you, do you talk to any of the other guys about it, or is this purely a, a situation where you'll talk to your, your coaches and your family? Um, no, I think we definitely have conversations about it. You know, um, at the end of the day, uh, we've, we've grown and built relationships together. And I think that we would just, you know, it's like we're just chopping it up, just talking about it and 
hey, what are you thinking? Yada, yada, yada. Um, what's important to you? What's, excuse me, um, what's going to make you decide? And that's about it. So we definitely have conversations about it with each other. Of the, of the young guys in your room, um, you know, who's, who's coming on and what kind of growth uh, did you see among, you know, maybe some of the guys who weren't playing as much as, as yeah. the veterans? Um, I mean, they all have really good ability. Um, they play hard. And, I mean, it was really cool to just see all of all of them differently. Like, like I'll, I'll speak on each of them individually. Zach Swanson is just powerful, and he's aggressive. He's a really hard-playing football player. You know, and he's got some ability. Um, Aaron Bryant, it's just been really cool to see him grow. And we're so, we're, we get so hyped in the D-line room, you know, and he's making a good player, just doing good stuff. And he's such a good kid. And, uh, I mean, he's grown a lot this off season. And then Christopher Ross is a great kid. Um, he's got a lot of switch, a lot of good ability. And it's just been fun to be around them. You know, they're great guys. They're nice. They are coachable. They're guys that are going to help this team in the future. What uh, what about Jeray Bledsoe? Oh yeah, um, Jeray Bledsoe is a crazy athlete. Uh, he's a great guy to be around. He's funny, and um, yeah, I mean, Jeray's a good guy. He's he does some insane things I've never seen anyone do from a physical athletic standpoint. Like what? Just I don't know. He just can like like a squat. He can get lower like the way his ankles move and all these things, you know, he's a really good athlete. What, um, you know, when you look at this, this defense and you think about next year, mm -hmm. what, what do you think this defense will look like? How good can it be? Um, I think you just, you just grow. You just put your head down and you have a deferred gratitude mindset. You, you know, you see how much you've come, but you realize what got you there and you keep investing. Excellence is exhausting, so you don't stop, right? You persevere and you set, you move the standard high. I mean, depending on whoever's on that upcoming defense, move the standard higher for the next team and for the next defense and the next defense. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it, you know, it was interesting. We talked to you before the season and you um, – talked about how NIL was impacting things and it, it looks like it hurt some teams in, in, in the, their locker rooms or the outcomes of, of other teams seasons, but it looked like the culture for Texas, you know, made it to where NIL didn't become something that, that negatively impacted the locker room. Is that, how would you, characterize it um i just say that coach sark has created a great culture and um we're a very we organization team um you know there's no i in team so we're very team first everything we do is for the team when you uh when you look at this um season you're going to play washington really talented offensive football team in the alamo bowl um What's your, you know, what went through your mind when you heard it would be uh, the Alamo 
Alamo Bowl against Washington? Um, I think just excited for another opportunity to play a great team and put one more win in the column. I believe if we win this game, we'll be the second team to win nine games in 13 seasons. Yeah, so, I mean, it's not not a bad legacy to leave. So it's kind of cool. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think people feel like, you know, this this team, this program took a big step forward. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the defense, a huge part of it, my goodness. Um, you know, your level of play. Um, I'll mention a couple other guys. Jalen Ford, what, mm-hmm. what stands out about what you saw from him this year? Um, I mean, Ford's a great guy. Um, I remember having conversations prior to the year, just like who are some guys to, that can step up and really help us this year. And, you know, Jalen Ford was a guy that kept popping up. And, um, I mean, just I'm so proud of him. You know, I've been honored to see the ball, him just play really well and have the year that he's having. And I'm just glad, you know, I'm really happy for the guy. He deserves it all. He works his tail off and and the sky's the limit. Does he walk up to you, you know, and thank you? Because he always says, man, you know, the guys up front make it where I can run around and make plays. Yeah. Um, You know, what are those conversations like? Uh, yeah, definitely. It is like, um, I know, like he does, um, like, it, for example, I mean, I know there's a number of sacks that he had that they would double team the nose and he just go through the middle, you know, and uh, yeah, he definitely thanks us. And I think that's just the culture we had around this defense this year is like, you know, maybe on a play, he would force something to me or I'd force something to him or just everyone on the defense, you know, that was really cool to see us have. Uh, Jade Barron, another, you know, mm-hmm. a guy who led the team in tackles for loss. Yeah. Um, had a, had a big year, probably mm-hmm. dropped a couple pick sixes in the last mm-hmm. yeah. uh, couple of games. But what, what stood about, what stood out about his, his year? Um, I just, I love that guy's mindset. You know, I think he's, a guy that has a mindset of domination. And I think mentally he sets himself apart. I think that he believes himself. And I think that he's just a great player. And that's another guy that I'm happy to see great things happen for him. You know, he's a guy that I love playing with and it makes me feel comfortable when I see him on the field. Um, Ryan Watts proved to be a big addition to this Mm -hmm. team. Um, you know, just what comes into your mind when I, I mentioned Ryan Watts? Uh, I think he's a little silly, uh, but he's a great guy. And, you know, he's had great length and he works hard. You know, I know numerous times I'd be in the weight room and I'd just see him with uh, a GA or somebody working on being a cornerback. And, you know, he works hard in practice and, you know, he, I'm very happy for what's going on with Watts right now. I just am excited to see what he continues to do. You know, he's got great ability, great length, and he's a really good player. What uh, do you know anything at all about Washington? Uh, no, I have not given Washington any attention. Yeah, not not uh, not yet. That, mm-hmm. That's going to be a, a fun showdown. Yeah. What um, I mean, obviously, it's a it's an interesting time right now. 
with guys announcing they're getting in the portal. Um, you know, some guys moving on to the NFL may not play in the bowl game. What, what's it like right now? What's the atmosphere around the team right now? Uh, I think we're just a team mentality. You know, it's we, and we have a lot of love for guys who maybe the best decision was to go elsewhere. You know, we understand and appreciate them so much for what they've done for the program. And, you know, I think there's, it's just all love to the love all around. What, um, when you, you know, I mentioned you're a finance major. Mm -hmm. And so tell me about that. That is, it's not an easy, it's not an easy path, but what, mm -hmm. what do you see for your future? Uh, Moro, because we know you're, you know, a super gifted football player, but you're a super uh, smart guy uh, who's obviously really appreciated by his teammates. But what, what, uh, when you, you know, have that finance major from the University of Texas, uh, what do you see yourself doing with that ultimately? Um, I was just getting in that space. Um, I mean, the University of Texas. Anyone that watches this and just this alumni base, everyone that supports us, I'm just so thankful for y'all. Um, I'm so thankful that, like, God ultimately led me to this university. You know, having a degree from McCombs is something that's powerful. And, I'm, I mean, I'm, I, I'm speechless almost. Um, and futuristically, I would love to enter the finance field and, you know, interact with McCombs grads and all of that. And... Whenever that comes, it comes. But I'm so excited to eventually do that. How um, back to football? Well, actually, what was your hardest class at the University of Texas? Oof. Um, What's the class that kept you up at night, getting ready for that exam or final? There was an investment management course, Finance 367, that was miserable. Um, <laughs> And then physics, I, I was that was really bad. That was <laughs> oh my gosh, oh physics was bad. Uh, but I'm, you know we made it through. I'm through so hard times. It was those are those are some times. What uh, when when I think when you think of the funniest moment you've had uh, as a Longhorn or locker room, you know hijinks, whatever funny. Is there one thing that pops into your mind? Gosh, not one thing, but I I know that in a sense, just like I I know I felt more team like this year because we would have this Friday night dinner and um, it'd be basically the whole D line, Jordan Winton, Demarvion, and it was just hilarious. Um, we were just it was just a great time. It was fun to be around all those guys, and I mean, there's just pure happiness, pure joy. Do you have like a percentage right now of whether you'd come back next year? No, I'm not at liberty to say. Not, uh, not there yeah, yet. I'm still thinking. I got you. I got you. Mm -hmm. All right. So what, um, put it into your words, your, um, you know, when you look at the growth of this defense, um, and what it meant to the program and what it means to the program in terms of trying to move the program forward. Um, you know, just put that into your own words, your own perspective. 
Um, defense wins championships ultimately, and the trajectory that this program is on and needs to be on has to have a great defense. And as the standard continues to raise it, rise, the University of Texas will play great football. And obviously, everyone you know is intrigued. The, the turnaround of the defense, Pete Kwiatkowski having Gary Patterson as a as a special assistant to to Sark. Um, you know, when you look at, uh, I'll start with Patterson. What do you think he brought to this to this team this year? Um, I think just something I hear in the business world, and I think I hear in life always is try to make sure you're not the smartest person in the room. And I think that was the intention, you know, to bring another great genius mind that knows defense, knows programs, knows how to win football games, knows this conference. So I, I think that was that. And, you know, Pete Kwiatkowski, we don't get to talk to him much. He's, he sounds like he's a quiet guy anyway, the silent assassin. Mm-hmm. What, uh, why is he a good defensive coordinator? Um, I think he just... I think he believes in his guys and calls the defense with confidence, you know, and I think he talks to his guys on the sideline. What are you seeing out there? What do you feel comfortably run? What do you feel comfortable running? You know, and I think he's just like communicates. What, uh, what's your level of confidence in this, in this program, you know, being able to contend for a, a big 12 title next year. You all were so close this year. I mean, 110%. Um, this is a great program and making great strides. And as work keeps happening, the right mentality, the right perspective, culture keeps building. It should happen. And Moral, you're a smart guy. Is there anything else that's on your mind with regard to what you're seeing um, inside the program that you think is important for people to know about? Um or your, you know, perspective on, on, um, you know, this, the program, the direction of the program, anything you would like to add? Yeah, I think, um, just one thing is that we're, we work hard, uh, and we return our best to represent Texas football in the right way. And we just want to win games. We want to, make our family God proud, make our fans proud, make the University of Texas proud. Well, uh, what a year. What a year for you. Um, and we will wait with great <laughs> anticipation about maybe getting another year with Moro, <laughs> the highest rated defensive player in 2022 for the Texas Longhorns, according to Pro Football Focus. Um, Moro, really appreciate your time, man. And uh, we'll look forward to to you know talking to you leading up to the alamo bowl and beyond but uh yeah. really appreciate the time no worries thank you chip all right and thanks to everybody for listening to the flagship podcast interview for moro ojimo i am chip brown uh, until next time we'll see you over at horns 247.com stay safe and keep the faith The baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. 
Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found.